0: Good to be back in the spring on the calendar, not trying to deal with an August film festival and potential for 110 degrees. Or we didn't. We actually didn't even hit 100. when We were in August. It was like 95 with like 60% humidity. It was crazy. It rained like two or three times, but. back back in the spring like 78 degrees 80 sunny much better but that means we get to bring back our party pavilion where we have all of our special events kids day parties all those cool things that go on that uh, people got used to for the phoenix home festival and we haven't been able to do since 2019 so but it's also this will be like the third version of the festival since gosh the last 17 months we've had to put we put on the festival Three times, so wow. we're, ex- we're, we're pretty happy to have a year off this time from the Phoenix Film Festival from, ideally, from spring of this year to spring of next year. That'll <laughs> right. be a nice change.
1: Right,
2: so. right. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the specialized short series you have this year?
0: Oh, sure. We have this really cool thing called Double, Sh- Double Shot of Shorts. Easy for me to say. Um, we basically we had some films we really wanted to play that didn't uh, didn't quite fit into like the competition areas, but we really enjoyed them. And we also recognized that all these directors had made films in the past, very different from the films they had in this year. And so we thought it would be a really nice way to kind of show how flexible filmmakers are and how their voices can be totally different from you know film to film. Like uh, one of our filmmakers, he has like this really dark kind of violent-ish sci-fi, but then he has, like, this really nice family happy puppet movie that just, like, feel good. And then we have, you know, uh, somebody has a music video and a regular film and then, like, a social issues type of film and, like, a real good, like, friendship movie. And uh, somebody else has a documentary and a narrative. So I think, you know, being able to show the flexibility of a filmmaker is a really cool thing. And so we have kind of put this together where they all have, like, 20 minutes of shorts each and then afterwards we'll do, like, an extended description discussion Um, so it's the first time we've done it but uh, I'm anxious to see how it goes
1: yeah that's really cool because I feel like unless you are a dedicated film goer you might dismiss shorts as like maybe a first timer coming to a festival or somebody's kind of a newbie to that I'd love to hear you speak kind of to the genre and why, like, it's worth seeing.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you, you know, you get that aspect of a really, you know, a big variety of films. Like if you go to a, a shorts program, you're going to get, I don't know, five to eight different films. And they're usually going to be quite different. And so it's nice to see, like, a film just tell a story over an arc in 10 minutes you know, I mean, just to kind of see how how uh, challenging and, and how great they can be. And then just to go from, like, you get, you know, all these different genres and type of films in 90 minutes, you know. And so it's, uh, and, and and the good thing is if you don't like one of them, there's going to be another one in, like, five or ten minutes. So it's uh, easy. And, and there's, you know, and we've got, gosh, I want to say maybe almost 20 different shorts programs uh, this year in the festival. And so being able to not only have your traditional, like, live-action shorts animated documentary, but also do like our community spotlight, you know, series where we're focusing on the vision of directors, African-American directors, Latinx, Native American, LGBTQIA+, Asian-American. But, you know, it's really kind of about like getting the vision of those directors. You know, it's not just, OK, here's a film about African-American people, it's like, okay, maybe this an African-American director is going to take a look at the border issue. You know what I mean? And it's just getting their perspective rather than just, you know, having, having a film about their community, letting them decide what their stories they want to tell and giving them that opportunity.
2: So if you had to narrow it down, what is your go-to film this year?
0: Oh my gosh, it has to be the Nicolas Cage movie. Okay. The, the unbearable weight of yeah. massive talent. I mean, it's just... I'm going to pick another one, though. Also, I'm going to pick two.
2: That's fair. Uh, that's fair. Right.
0: Uh, because I'm going to pick a studio film, and then I'm going to pick an independent film. So we'll make it, uh, make it square here. But, I mean, Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage, clearly making fun of himself. I mean, that's really great. And and if you if you haven't seen the trailers, I recommend both of them. It's a, it's a crazy film, but I think, like, it's a comedy on a different level because it's, like, you know, Nicolas Cage is so iconic for, like, mainstream movie folks. But there's, you know, cinephiles that he is like, a whole different world for. And, you know, I, I think there's some good references to some of, a lot of his films within that film. And so it's kind of like this whole kind of meta thing that I think plays well to a, a festival audience and getting something like just a bust-out good comedy in a festival. That's why we wanted to roll it out on a Saturday night. People are looking to have a good time, date night, whatever. You know, it's a great film for that. And then, So that's the second Saturday of the festival. The night before that, we put an independent film in the centerpiece section. And it's about these um, three kids, you know, probably like seven, eight years old. Um, they're based in Canada, but they're all in families that are broken and that are just in financial disaster. And so you're seeing these three kids and, and, you know, it's hard to watch because, you know, that's what happens. Kids end up in these, like, tough homes with no money and it's hard or impossible for them to break the cycle. Like, you watch these things and you're like, this kid is not going to have a chance. And so you kind of have those feelings. But at the same time, like, what kids are great at is finding other kids. And so these three kids kind of find each other. And so you have these great feelings and, and their parents are trying And it's just like they just can't get out of it, sometimes, you know, due to their own fault, but also just the system. And so there's a lot of, you know, sadness, but a lot of hope in the film. And it's called Scarborough, and it's these three kids are just fantastic. It's just a really great film for us to have.
1: My favorite film last year was one you recommended. It was a documentary set. Um, So I got to ask, is there another gem like that, either documentary or feature film,
0: short? There is a really fun documentary. Um, It's called The Pez Outlaw. So in the 90s, like, this guy, he discovered, like, uh, that there's this Pez factory in, like, uh, Eastern Europe, um, which is where they make Pez, and then there's, like, U.S. distributors who do their own thing. But what he would do was he would basically smuggle them from Eastern Europe, where and then they bring them here, where they're worth just selling for thousands of dollars. So this guy's making hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it feels like you're watching like a drug deal drama. It's just like everything going on. The U.S. like manufacturer Pez are like spying on him, and all kinds of crazy stuff. And they're like putting in rules just to try to like screw him over. But he finds like a really big loophole in the uh, the import rule. Um, that he sneaks in and is able to do this totally legally, and it's just like just blows me away. And and then, like it's just a story. This guy telling the story, like, and it plays out where they do like the, the dramatic um, recreations. And the director of this did a movie called The Legend of Cocaine Isle, which was on uh, Netflix. And um, and he he'll produce a film called. Little Hope was arson, which was a documentary we had at our festival years ago. So um, and so, it's cool to see him back. Uh, he's director this time, and uh, this movie's just kind of super fun, and it's uh, yeah, it's interesting, and you just kind of, it's just it's laughable, like all this stuff.
2: I always forget that Pez is a like a collector's item for right. people. Yeah. It's like their hidden gem, and I I, I mean more power to you. But <laughs>
0: yeah, there, there's there's a collector for everything. Yep. So. <laughs>
2: All right, well, I'm, we're definitely going to make sure to see that one because Set was
1: ended up actually being my favorite film <laughs> last
0: it's year. Just, man, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I agree. And it's playing out there. It's like on yeah. like Discovery Plus. That's
2: yeah, it was the Paramount or Discovery Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually gave my parents my login to it so they could watch it because I wouldn't stop talking about Set <laughs> yeah. after the film festival <laughs> last year. And they said, well, when you find it. And I gave them my login, told them how to watch <laughs> it, and they, and they couldn't have agreed more. Right. Um. My last question, I have Always love the artwork every year uh, that uh, comes out of the Phoenix Film Festival. Is that the same artist every year?
0: We choose, We have five different artists. Okay. And so basically, we get together, we brainstorm, we kick around all these ideas. Like, we're all like either we're remote or we're in the or, or or we're together, but everybody's kind of like Google imaging iconic movie posters and just scrolling and scrolling and trying to find like throwing out. And then we end up just kind of like combing it down and matching up. Artists with the poster like their sensibilities and their kind of like their skill set and I think that's a, a big part of it and you know them being kind of invested in what we're doing like they get to you know have some level of, of choice but we also like if they're not there we know like what they're really good at and what they love and and it's just having that that core um, and this year we actually we had somebody new, we had this, uh, somebody fell off and, and then we brought somebody in, one of our, one of our board members, uh, her company, somebody worked for a company that uh, was interested in doing it and she came up with the, uh, uh, Mandy came up with the Singing in the Rain poster and so it turned out great but uh, Marty's our lead. Um, art director, and so uh, you know he does uh, like he did the uh, the horror and sci fi poster this year, and he you know he'll take one of them every year. But uh, you know everybody does their art, and then from there, Marty does the magic, you know, creating all of the pieces, merchandise, everything, kind of using the art that they send his way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is what what just one of the many aspects that makes this festival, I think, stand out
0: is your guys's
2: annual posters. I, we always look forward to it. Uh, for sure.
0: Our merch is so good this year. Yeah. Our merch is amazing. I'm so excited.
2: Oh, I'm excited then. <laughs> I'm like, gotta get my merch. Right. <laughs> in In what we would consider post-pandemic new normal, what kind of safety precautions should people expect this year?
0: You know, we, we pretty much have dialed back almost everything. You know, our volunteers currently, our rule is, um, if you're not vaccinated, you have to wear a mask. We ask that they show us, you know, they'll get a button that shows that they're back so that's you know they've got to show us their um uh, their physical card just to make sure everything's uh, as clean as, as as it should be um otherwise they need to wear a mask and that's our guidelines and theater wise we follow whatever harkins is doing you know we trust them that they're going to do the right thing and so uh we're just going to go that route and we feel like our, our numbers right now we're really in a good spot and, and they continue to get better and so uh, otherwise we would uh you know keep uh, putting uh, new things in place to make whatever precautions we had but you know as uh, paranoid as I can be I feel pretty good about what we're doing and I think we're on the, on the right track um, and we did some things with our party pavilion which is a little different like um, like our tent walls have tiny little holes in them to get some airflow going uh, but they also have festival art so like 14 historical festival posters are on these walls it's amazing yeah. um, and then like one of the walls is kind of not going to be there So we'll have tons of airflow out there. So it'll kind of be an indoor-outdoor concept um, uh, to just uh, make people feel more comfortable. And there's kind of a patio space so you're not even under the tent. So you can kind of hang out and be part of it without necessarily, you know, based on your comfort level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, is there anything else you want to add?
0: We're doing, uh, uh, let's see, we're doing uh, open caption films. Woo! So we have five different screenings for our uh, friends in the deaf community. We really, uh, you know, after doing CODA last year and, and bringing in like ASL interpreters for that big screening and having Troy there and just like the deaf community, how much they came out for that film and how like how much they revere Troy and how graceful he was talking to them afterwards and hanging out in the lobby and just like talking to them and how much they were appreciative of what we did. You know, it just drove us to like offer this opportunity for some of our filmmakers to say, hey, do you have an open caption version? If you do, we'll give you another screening and we want to just make this right and we'll have ASL interpreters doing the Q&As for all uh, five of those screenings. And that way it's not just like us doing it for the sake of doing it. You know, we really want to be invested and we've been talking to people, a couple of uh, people in the deaf community have been giving um, advice uh, as we went along. So that's been really helpful and uh, she's tough, so we want to make sure we do it right. And So she's keeping us in check and I love it. <laughs> Because like, you don't know what you don't know, you know what I mean? It's not something you deal with in your own personal life. So you, you gotta learn it and, and and take their advice because it's their life and that they're leaving living. And so we gotta you know respect that for sure. Absolutely. That's great
1: to hear. Jason, thank you for joining us yes. on Whiskey and Popcorn. And then the Phoenix Film Festival will be running March 31st through April 10th here at Park in Scottsdale 101 on Mayo Boulevard. For tickets and film schedule, please visit phoenixfilmfestival.com and we'll have our own reviews there of all the films we see. So stay tuned.